will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You, a podcast that categorically hasn't been off air for two years because we got distracted painting Warhammer miniatures. Ha! The very thought. We are, lest you forget, a podcast where we, some people I'll introduce in a moment, fix you, some people I won't. And if if you, those uh, little people, would, would like to be fixed by us, you can ask at uh, wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or by writing to us on the web with a little web form with a little box that you type into and there's a button at the bottom and the text comes to us and we read it and we might fix it or we might just, you know, laugh at you. Anyway, that lives at hauntedphonograph.com. We, the people who might fix you or laugh at you, are this evening myself, Roger Hart, three times Commonwealth snorting champion. <laughs> H.J. Doom, the only man ever to be thrown out of the Gourd Decorators' Union for decorating his own gourd. Good evening. And Mr. Dave Convery, the Lionel Ritchie of Scar. Good evening. Our question today pertains to art. It's a little brief, but I think there's something in it. I like to draw sometimes, our questioner says but I haven't got any good ideas for things to draw. What can I draw? Well, so you don't know what to draw. Good news, you're not alone. Welcome to being even slightly creative. The human brain is slimy, treacherous, and easily distracted. Now, I am not an art historian, but I did used to get drunk with one at university, and by podcast standards, that's research. So let's take a quick look at some historical approaches to your problem, you know, the ways people have solved it since time immemorial, and by time immemorial I actually mean when human art began. In, well, it's actually impossible to say, but we have allegedly the um, 300,000 year old Venus of Tantan and the, again, allegedly, there's a buttload of controversy over the archaeological work, slightly younger Venus of Berkat Ram. Um, these are some of the oldest artistic artifacts anyone's been able to find and pin a date on with a moderately straight face. They look like rocks. If you squint, they look like rocks with legs. I can only assume that the Venus part comes from art historians having spent so long looking at paintings of boobs that their brains are like glitching pattern match algorithms, seeing them everywhere, and the moment someone throws out a mother goddess story or an ur myth, you look at a rock and get apophenia for tits. This itself implies something we're going to see consistently, actually. Um, one big through line in human art is ample knockers. Also dongs. There's plenty of representations, like, I don't know, the Cernabus giant, Saxon originally thought to be Paleolithic, swinging a massive wanger. But it's not just nudes. Moving, uh, moving a bit later to cave art, we get murals of bulls in ancient Indonesia, a 64,000-year-old scene of pigs and a hunt in the Spanish-Iberian Peninsula. France offers us horses in Ardèche, and, of course, the famous hunt scenes in the Lascaux Caves 15,000 years ago. In sculpture, you know, also early, there's the Lohenmensch figurine, a 35,000-year-old derpy lion man with a rockin' codpiece. Hmm. Another theme begins to emerge then. Animals. But also daily life, the hunt, moments of drama, potentially even ritual. You know, it's hard to call some of this stuff. 
Um, we, we see these replicated through Greco-Roman fresco and sculpture and all that piss-tedious, albeit quite technically impressive, late medieval realism. More recognisable religious, religious devotional work moves into Religion was important to artists, not only as part of daily life or as offering moments of drama, but because, you know, religions had power and money, something artists have been a little short on as long as there have been artists. Later, these trends, nudes, animals, daily life, and drawing what you're told by people with cash to flash, they continue. They define the bits of the Renaissance people have heard of, Birth of Venus, Mona Lisa, a few altarpieces, that fancy-ass church ceiling, and, you know, follow into the 300 years or so of people iterating on buttocks and twiddly fabrics against either colonnades or hillsides, you know, that stuff we all had to put up with until Impressionism hit. Things get a bit more confused in the 80 billion or so genres that followed as early 20th century art, but you know, being decomposed into cubes didn't make Brock or Picasso's card tables and wine bottles any less scenes of daily life, no more than that gorgeous cinematic feeling of overlaid motion made Duchamp's new descending a staircase have any less junk in that trunk. No, down the ages, artists uh, had a remarkably few consistent approaches to working out what to draw, and without wanting to be too confrontational, I personally, I think that if it's good enough for a 60,000-year-old pig-farming Iberican graffiti artist and Pablo Picasso, my friend, it's fucking good enough for you. So. The choices are, draw what inspires the artist, what moves them, what, uh, you know, make, make the art that, that you want and damn the world. This isn't you. I'm sorry. You wrote to a podcast asking what to draw. In fact, you wrote to this podcast asking what to draw. I haven't done the maths, but I suspect the only reason that isn't the exact diametric opposite of artistic integrity is that Jack Vetriano is still alive, or maybe that Rob Liefeld is too easy a punchline. Let's move on. Um, your other option, draw which people tell you to do. Hmm. Or uh, draw what sells, similar. Draw what's on the coffee table in front of you. That's well proven. Draw a naked person, perhaps one you've paid to sit still for an hour. Very common solution to the problem. That is, however, still a lot of choices, and you, you, you wrote to us asking to help you choose. So you're not quite fixed yet. Not, no, no, not yet. Happily. In this our modern age, these options fuse, they come together. There is a common fix that sort of synthesizes these. Where can you find abundant but casual patronage? Something saleable, readily available reference material, and moderately static nudity, all wrapped up in an inexhaustible supply of permutations and variances and quirks. Where? Furaffinity.net. If you aren't familiar, it's the leading art-sharing website in furry fandom. Furry fandom being, simplistically, a subculture of folks who enjoy, sometimes quite enthusiastically, representations of people as anthropomorphic animals. You know, we're right back to the beginning, we're back to history, we're back to... we're back to the... Lowen what's-his-face figurine. To realise their furry identities a bit more, the their, their fursonas, as they're sometimes called, many, many furries... Um, draw or commission artworks or costumes. It's cute, it's fun, and yes, it's sometimes a sex thing. Okay, quite a lot of the time it's a sex thing, it's the internet. So um, this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is all of these things at once. And you know, I think as, as master draftsman and futurist Leonardo da Vinci would, would probably have told you if he'd had access to the internet, 
all roads lead to a guy called Pack Alpha Steve 1992 asking you to paint him as an anthropomorphic bison with a throbbing erection. And that's beautiful. It's what Camille Pizarro would have wanted. You can create an account, pop up a couple of examples, and stick open for commissions in your bio, and you will be rolling in daily artistic prompts that combine humankind's oldest artistic drivers. Gratuitously sexy animal people going about their daily lives in a way that's important to your artistic patrons. With the help of the furry community, you will never struggle to decide what to draw again. That's beautiful. Mr. Convery. So the good news is that if that doesn't grab you, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of options. Both will give you access to a wide range of drawing prompts that will take you perhaps outside of your comfort zone, get you to try new things and open you up to a range of experiences that you wouldn't otherwise have. Not like that though. Here's option one. Loads of people run things like drink and draw sessions, either in person or increasingly with the general fuckery online. Um, try to join one and, and join one regularly. Like People like uh, Gosh Comics, a favoured sh uh, shop of the podcast, they run an online one via Twitter every month, um, and I believe still in person as well. Um, each time you attend, you get a series of prompts. You get a short amount of time to draw something, so you have to work fast. Essentially, you're told exactly what to do. You, you, you get practice, you get to draw something that you hadn't previously considered, and you get to work on a series of artistic muscles that you otherwise wouldn't have. Um, and it's a lovely sociable way to get some practice in. Um, so many comic shops, art shops uh, run these, and a lot of artists as well have taken to running sort of similar prompts on social platforms, Instagram in particular, to get people to draw and share things. Similarly, a friend of mine goes to museums or goes to public spaces and draws public arts or um, draws museum pieces or just the people that are there, um, sometimes from different angles, just to, to do studies and, and to get different perspectives and just essentially to, to have to do drawing practice without actually deciding what to draw. You just go, you find a seat and you draw a diplodocus or a passerby or whatever else they keep in museums these days, I don't know. Your other choice, and this is my favorite one, because I came up with it. You set up a website with a little form on it. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. It can just be a website with a form. And you start directing people to it, and you ask them to submit their nightmares to you. And then you just draw those. You get the entire canvas of the human subconscious, albeit filtered via people who will just anonymously submit shit via a website form. But an absolute torrent of bullshit and nonsense that you're not coming up with by yourself or having to find by doing something prosaic as looking out of a window or leaving the house. You can work smarter and you can let the horrifying dregs of the human mind come to you like a Freddy Krueger made of inspiration. I, um, I actually had a dream last night that uh, it was a it was a horrifying two part experience. That the first half this is genuinely one hundred percent true. By the way, you might want to cut this. this. No, no, this is the first fucking prompt. Go for it. Um, in in the first half, it was quite nice actually. I I dreamt that I finally got a pet lizard and it was beautiful. 
And somehow in, you know, the way that you know things in dreams without seeing them, I, I knew that it loved me. Then I woke up needing a piss, had a piss, went back to bed, went back to sleep, and had the second part of the dream in which my beautiful, wondrous, we were happy together pet lizard died of cancer. So there you go. Draw that, please. All the piss and cancer. Piss and cancer. That sounds ideal. You asked. You did. Worse still, you asked us. Speaking of which, H.J. Doom. It can always be difficult finding inspiration, and I can entirely sympathise. It seems cruel that artistic ability and artistic imagination should be so weakly correlated. I have the opposite problem. I have all the inspiration in the world, but alas, only a thimble full of skill with a pencil. So it seems to me that your question can actually help us both. I can offload some of my boundless inspiration and you can provide some actual talent. And together, I think we can make something quite special. In my mind, I want us to create something big and monumental. I'm only going to provide you with a single image to draw. So I think we would both be well served by that image being grand and detailed. Something you can work on for some considerable time, like one of the old Dutch masters. I want to give you the opportunity to create a masterwork for the ages. I'm thinking of those huge Victorian pieces like The Great Day of His Wrath, which have within them many different figures and an epic scale of composition which creates significant dramatic impact as well as imparting a moral lesson. At the same time, quite a lot of those Victorian canvases can be quite, well, morbid and intense, and that doesn't feel appropriate for these dark and uncivilised times. We need something a little more life-affirming, something which is redolent of joie de vivre, of, of people coming together. I'm picturing a centrepiece of a group, a family, artfully posed in the middle of auditioning their variety act. For the sake of drama, we're going to depict all their biggest routines happening simultaneously through this is part of the, the magic of art. We can play around with time in that way. They're a big family because they don't believe in birth control and they're also considerably inbred to the extent that many of them resemble horses more than people. In the middle of them is the patriarch and the matriarch of the family, both elderly by this point and also inevitably encrusted in filth because they live in Britain. The patriarch is busy thrusting his erect penis into the mouth of a roadkill rabbit, which is being held up by his loving wife, who is also obviously his sister. Now, I'm going to say you should draw him caught in the moment of ejaculation, his face contorted in a paroxysm of sublime ecstasy. The rabbit has clearly been used as a cum receptacle many, many times because it's become grotesquely swollen like a big furry balloon of spunk. Yellowing semen comes dribbling out of holes in the rabbit's side and belly where the integrity of the rabbit has been insufficient to contain the gloopy, gloopy pressure. They then drip down onto the matriarch of the family who's holding her vagina open with her free hand. Uh, she's probably urinating, she's visibly menstruating, and she's using her fingers to work the sort of clotted semen piss and blood inside her vagina into a frothy mixture 
which is served to other delighted members of the family in cocktail glasses. We now turn to some of the other figures, the eldest son and daughter, obviously in quite advanced middle age. They're facing back to back and they're toasting each other's health with the aforesaid cocktail, both leaning forward to spread their ample buttocks so that you can see that they each have visually distinct and complementary anal warts, the sort of thing that you can really take your time over. These are anuses that have seen a lot. The sphincter is grotesquely distended and ringed with these anal warts so that vaguely resemble in my head those heads you get on Easter Island. The overall effect is like a pair of angry red partially deflated swimming rings from a uh, council swimming pool. What they've done is they've trained a pair of shaved dogs to do this neat trick where they take a run-up and do a backflip that sees them land feet first or head first in their ruined anal gapes. You can see that the, the son has a pair of paws and a naked worm-like shaven tail disappearing into his capacious hole. And you can see how his belly is bulging like a, a cartoon trampoline when Wiley e. Coyote hits it. Meanwhile, a shit-stained little fellow is just plopped triumphantly out of the daughter's anus and it's standing proudly next to the slackly gaping orifice on its hind legs like uh, that gymnast Louis what's-his-face who did so well at the uh, the Olympics like him dismounting from a pommel horse while one of the other family members lubes him up with spit and pus from their copious weeping sores obviously so that he's ready for another attempt. Now just above them two clever members of the family are doing their kebab swapping routine which is where they take it in turns to kick one another in the stomach until the kicky regurgitates partially digested kebab into the kicker's mouth quite sort of explosively and dramatically and with flair. I'm thinking that this is going to be a great chance for you to show your acute observational skills. I'd love to see masticated jalapeno peppers and a thick coating of garlic mayo alongside the stomach bile and bits of carrot, beautifully rendered with all the skill at your disposal. It's important to show almost all the food landing in the kicker's mouth. It's not much of a trick if they end up mostly missing, is it? Behind them, we can just make out a man sharpening his penis in a massive pencil sharpener. There's like shavings of uh, foreskin and cock around his feet. He's already done both his fingers and toes. You can see sharp pointed bones sticking out of the bloody stumps. He's beaming wildly, of course, with an expression of delirious happiness because this is very much the vibe we're going for. For an additional moment of levity, you could include one of the sisters trying with, you know, sort of pratfall-esque ineptitude to stick the bloody shreds of skin back onto his bloody feet. But, you know, that's up to you. Now, the final sort of big feature is along the bottom. And I think there should be a kind of clever, fun, slightly satirical tribute to the human centipede films. I feel like the person at the head of the centipede is alive, but the rest of the centipede is increasingly badly decayed human corpses being dragged behind them like a gangrenous bridal train. They've all been sewn together very, very crudely by drunks. And the head of the centipede, 
a man or a woman or an NB, whatever you, you choose, is just busy downing a mixture of cream and vinegar laced with laxatives. Uh, maybe draw an empty box somewhere to make it clear. And it's obvious what the trick is. It's trying to shit all the way through the line of corpses and out of the end of the final corpse, which is just a severed head, let's be honest, attached to the backside of a rotting pensioner, one who's clearly been quite badly eaten by their many cats. There's maybe some enthusiastic helpers on hand to squeeze the corpses to help ensure a sh to help ensure a suitably dramatic denouement to the, the, the party piece. And if you can suggest a sense of cautious anticipation, but tinged with worry that they won't be able to spray diarrhea as far as they would wish, that would be brilliant. This is an audition, after all. Maybe someone is standing by with a measuring tape to measure the distance and compare it to previous attempts. Um, or you could just do like a, a faded but impressively elongated brown stain encrusted with flies to suggest you know, a previous very, very impressive recital of this act. Then just frame the picture with cherubs drop-kicking puppies and trying to see who can get the most ants under their foreskin. Maybe a chorus of frogs chanting the word moist over and over again. But those are all the main elements, and I cannot stress enough, you must convey a sense of festive good cheer. Maybe a few strings of bunting, like it's taking place at a Jubilee street party. It needs to have energy, 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 energy. And don't forget that this is family entertainment, so it needs to have a certain heartwarming quality to it as well. And if you need a title for the piece, then if you're American, I humbly suggest the aristocrats if you're from the uk i suggest the annual conservative party conference problem solved well if that wasn't a timely artistic prompt i don't know what was <laughs> it's charming really heartwarming it's lovely to see the creative process given a little nudge in the right direction and please do share it with us when you're finished. Oh, yeah, please. I put a lot of effort into that. I'd love to see the results. Absolutely. We can make it the new banner on our website. He's looking at me, and I, I'm not going to do that. Oh, you killjoy, Mr. Converet. Well, with that, we must bid you farewell. But uh, if you've enjoyed your uh, time with us tonight, your dalliance with the fine arts, your... Uh, oh. Oh. Oh, no, what's this? News just in. A telegram hot off the press. Miss Clary Ruguire, our absent fixer, sends us this suggestion for today's problem. It reads, Cocaine. And if you would like such uh, incisive advice, why not write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or at hauntedphonograph.com on the world wide web bye now
Mr. Convery. Isn't that you first? It is. I fucked that up. 